Nicola Kelly has been to the Armenian capital. Speaking to the BBC's Nicola Kelly about uh, that traumatic ordeal. Nicola Kelly, they're in a very difficult story. Nicola Kelly travelled to Abu Simbel on the Sudanese border. Welcome to Assignment on the BBC World Service. I'm Nicola Kelly and I'm in Lawless Kitchen State in northern Myanmar where jade mining is fueling violence and a devastating heroin epidemic. So we've just received instructions. Um, we're suddenly speeding along the road on our way to a shop where we know that they're selling some of the heroin and methamphetamine. Under cover of darkness, I'm walking to the banks of the Nile in southern Egypt to watch the baptism of a newborn baby. <laughs> Unfortunately, another uninvited participant has arrived. It's a member of the Egyptian authorities. We've been followed. On the East African island of Zanzibar, a throng of patients gather in a damp, dilapidated hall to undergo a remarkable form of psychological therapy. The treatment is an age-old spiritual practice trusted by swathes of the population here, exorcism. In the heart of Nubia in southern Egypt, music is turning political. Prohibited by the Egyptian state, Nubian, one of Africa's oldest languages, has been slowly pushed underground and now faces extinction. But Nubian singers like Fikri Kashif are fighting back through song. You can probably hear the rain behind me. We're just walking through some farmland um, on our way to burn some tyres. And this is the Yazidi celebration for what they see as victory. Just after midnight, I went to a shisha cafe to meet local activists, huddled together with their heads bowed. Looking cautiously around them, they told me a group of their friends had recently been arrested, but they are prepared to risk their own safety to tell their story. They will let us be there and just watching them. It feels like they are occupying us, occupying our land. And what would you say if you saw him now? I think the essential question I have is why. Yeah, I guess I'd want to know why. Why me? What did I do? I'd said hi to him twice. I don't think he would ever have an answer that would satisfy me. That call to prayer in the distance marks the end of another day here in Komombo in southern Egypt. And far out to the horizon, there's just barren wasteland, some ramshackle huts and little else. Hatchasan have no legal authority to interrogate or to arrest suspects. Instead, they carry out civilian arrests, locking them in rehab centres with no access to methadone or other treatments. Reverend Sampson is one of its founding members. If we don't beat them, we don't hit them, they never say where this drug come. But we beat and we hit them, you know. Oh, yeah, this come from this home, this home, you know, they mentioned. Without that, you know, they didn't mention. The girl next to me now is about 15 years old and she's come forward from the very back of the room towards the sheikh and is reaching out for him and thrashing around on the floor with her fists clenched, attempting to beat the spirit out of her and shouting at it. 
Europe in the 1930s, a dangerous place to be. As the Orient Express rattles its way towards Constantinople, a motley group of people find themselves threatened by intrigue, skullduggery and murderous politics. If you hadn't heard that report by Mike Waldridge, how might the outcome have been different, do you think? I think we would have psychologically found it very hard to get through that time. It is almost unimaginable not to have had that radio contact. I think we can truly say that that because of the radio, we really didn't feel completely alone. 